KYW Original Podcasts. Cinema Obscura. Here's a question. What comes to mind when you think of 70s crime movies? Dirty Harry, Serpico, Taxi Driver, these movies and so many more may have a hashtag of gritty. And we're not talking about the Flyers mascot with this. One movie that may not be on the mainstream radar, but appears on so many film lover must-see lists, comes to us from 1976. But it has trouble origins despite a talented cast. I'm Steve Nikhazy, and with me, independent Philly filmmaker Andre Bennett. Andre, you have the unveil for this episode's movie. Yes, we're talking about Mikey and Nikki, starring Peter Falk and John Cassavetes. And like Gritty, this movie was actually made in Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. At least it's set in Philadelphia. I read it's actually shot here, too. Uh, Elaine May actually grew up in Philly before she became a comedy legend. The director-writer. Yes, the director and writer Elaine May, who, who was known also for her partnership with Mike Nichols before the two of them split up and became directors. The movie set in Philadelphia, shot in Philadelphia, as you say, and I I got a thrill when I heard an address in my neighborhood second and south early in the film. I'm thinking, this is really cool. I'm going to be looking for stuff in in my neighborhood. Mentioned several times, but uh, I really didn't see any Philly landmarks there. Neither did I. I think it's one of those situations where they shot the movie in unrecognizable parts of the city just to kind of give the sense of this sort of seedy underbelly. It was seedy, no doubt about it. I mean, really, really ugly sets and so urban looking. Peter Falk was riding the crest of Columbo when this was was made. He and Cassavetes, the two of them at this point, they were friends. They had met in the late 60s, but they hadn't actually formed that working relationship that kind of came to help define 70s independent film. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of the first time they did that. And then it took a few years for this movie to actually come out. So by that point... By the time Paramount kind of dumped it in a small number of theaters, the two of them had actually started making movies together as well. Interesting. And as mentioned, Falk had a lot of pull in Hollywood. And I understand he helped save this movie for the future. He did. So Elaine May had issues with Paramount during the production of this movie. Her method was basically keep the camera rolling as much as possible. Even though the movie seems very improvised, it wasn't at all. It's very tightly written. But she kept the camera rolling just in case, you know, she would get something spontaneous or something unexpected or an interpretation that she really liked. And you can kind of sense that they've been working for a long time. They shot Mm -hmm. over a million feet of film. Yeah, I I heard that. Yeah. Incredible. It was very taxing and she missed the delivery date. Paramount ended up suing her. Elaine May had to actually steal footage to keep control of the movie and they dumped it. In 78, Peter Falk and Elaine May ended up buying the rights back. Let's talk about the story. Two guys are childhood friends. They have dabbled in organized crime. And it turns out that one has a price on his head, and he calls in his friend. So Mikey and Nikki were close. They've kind of grown apart, but there's always this kind of sense that at least Mikey is always there for Nikki. So Nikki takes advantage of that. He has helped steal money, and the dude who he had been working with has turned up dead. He thinks he's next. He calls Mikey. And it doesn't take long to realize that Mikey is in on this. Even Nikki, there's a moment early in the movie where you can kind of tell that Nikki understands that Mikey is working with these guys. But part of the movie isn't so much the twist of who's working with who. That That's not really the point. Mm-hmm. The point yeah. is in Peter Falk's face, the whole movie, the conflict. 
because you know that he has to work with these guys because they know his family. They know where he lives. Right, right. They're even using his wife to relay messages. So the whole point of it is the way he has to squirrel his way out of things. Not only that, but you're watching him in this movie figure out, does he really want to betray his friend? Does he really want to go through with this? He's looking for an out. He's looking for a reason to save Nikki. It's a very bruising movie. Yeah, something that I picked up on is I could see how the two became friends because one is a little more unstable than the other, but they kind of trade off with their instability through the movie. I mean, you can see it in Peter Falk's eyes when he goes nuts from time to time. Like early on when he's trying to help Nikki out and he goes like nuts in this coffee shop, Mm -hmm. attacks the guy behind the counter. (laughs) That was one of my favorite (laughs) scenes. All I want is some freaking cream for the coffee. I did not expect Columbo to do this. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the highlights. The other, Ned Beatty. Oh, Ned Beatty is great because his character doesn't want to be there at all. He's always complaining about parking or how after expenses, he's going to end up losing money on this. And yeah, he's yeah. talking about all of his other financial dealings and everything. And it's a job. Yeah. Even the boss, who's played by Sanford Meisner, the acting teacher who developed the Meisner method, it doesn't matter to him. When he has that meeting with Mikey later on in the movie and Mikey is kind of like, you know, I apologize for like if I offended you for anything, he just doesn't care. He just wants this done. But for Mikey and Nikki, it was this one night where everything is laid bare, the cracks in their friendship, the flaws that each of them definitely have and also just perceive in each other, it all just comes apart. This is a wonderful movie about terrible men. Another favorite scene involves a bus driver. Yes, and that actually is M. Emmett Walsh, mm-hmm. who you may also know from Blood Simple. But the funny thing was he gets into a rumble with the guys. Yes, he does. And he says, let, let me go. I'll get fired if I fight you on the bus. Let's get <laughs> off the bus so I can fight you. you know, I thought, this, just... this could be a septa driver right here. <laughs> yeah. A very long night in that film. As I mentioned, uh, no middle ground with this movie. People either love it or hate it. Scenes, some say, felt overly long. And in a time of very limited attention spans, I can see how that would not work. A lot of the dialogue was wheel spinning. Also, a female character is slapped in the movie, and yeah. which, which I found surprising because, you know, given the female director. I think it's one of the key scenes in the movie, but it's so hard to watch because Carol Grace, who plays Nell, and I think that's one of her only performances – is so good in this movie and so vulnerable, but at the same time, she's trying to hold on to her dignity here. It's just rough, that scene. It is hard to watch. We have a clip. We do. In this clip, the two of them are at the cemetery where Nikki's mother has been buried. They found themselves here. It's kind of a long, rambling night because Mikey is trying to steer Nikki to where he's supposed to have him. And Nikki is going off instinct and saying, no, let's go here instead. Let's go here instead. Yeah, they were on the way to the movies at the time. And they end up in the cemetery. So this is the two of them. Hey, look, you don't want to come with me? Let's just forget about it. I'll go alone. Oh, sure. Since I climbed the wall and I'm in the middle of nowhere, I don't know where the hell I am. Excuse me. You're going to go alone. Who do you keep saying excuse me to? Oh, did I make a mistake? Excuse me. You didn't make a mistake. It's a good thing to do. Hey, Ma! (gasps) I'm going to hit you. What for? You afraid I'm going to wake somebody up? Do you know the difference between not believing in something and having a little respect for it? Hey, Ma! Where are you? I'm going. Hey, Ma, where are you? All right, I'm going. Ma! I'm going, Nick. I'm here! I'm going. Hey, Ma! Ma! If anything happens to me, Mikey did it! Hey! Take that back! 
Oh, you still here? I thought you left. You son of a... Take it back! Okay, my, take it back. You'll find out for yourself anyway. This could have been a stage play. I thought the same thing. It is very dialogue heavy. It really is kind of stagey, but at the same time, you know, you have these two actors who, while they have that experience, they are also very well versed in, in screen acting. Cassavetes, he's supposed to be very showy here. He's playing just a, an absolute brute of a character. Peter Falk is the straight man ostensibly, but he really is the emotional fulcrum of this whole thing. By the time you get to the ending, and the ending especially, I watched this movie and it stuck with me for weeks afterwards. Mm-hmm. Just the dynamic, the way they portray it falling apart. So, I don't want to say beautifully, even though it is done that way, but it's more crushing, legitimately emotionally crushing. It's just a testament to, to both of them. And to May, who is such a keen actor's director, she's so good at getting what she needs out of them. It was for a long time a lost classic. Fortunately, it's more available now. And the price is right for streaming these days. It is. You can stream it free on Shout Factory TV. It's also on the Criterion channel. The Criterion channel also has the special features from the Blu-ray because Criterion put it out this year. And also for rent or purchase at the major digital retailers. So yeah. it's out there if you guys want to check it out, and I recommend it. And definitely a must-see for Peter Falk fans. Yes. No, no doubt about Incredibly. it. Incredibly. Mikey and Nikki. And I wanted to close out this episode of Cinema Obscure with a personal note. After 51 podcasts, imagine that, 51 yeah. podcasts, uh, not including the original Yada Yada movies with former KYW film critic Bill Wine and 29 years on the air at KYW, I've decided to retire from broadcasting. It is not a forced retirement, mind you. That's one of the first things people ask me when I mention it. Uh, It's time for me to pursue other things, including writing, a little bit of sailing, and a lot of road trips. And I hope to return from time to time. Andre will continue to soldier on uh, with more incredible movies in the future and more guests. So we're looking forward to a lot more. In the meantime, we want to keep continue to keep in touch. Cinema Obscura on social media. We're on Twitter at C Obscura Pod. You can talk to us about movies, ask us questions about any episode, point us in the direction of any movies that you think we should watch and uh, and talk about in future episodes, and just engage with us and. I'm I'm a little stop start here because it's it's been hard for me to to process all of this Steve. I just want to say working with you has been has been wonderful. You basically came up to me and said, "Hey, I have this idea." You told me and I said, "I would love to do this." And this has been really the joy of working here for me doing this podcast with you, Steve. Well, you, so. you've, you have certainly thrived and you've been the backbone of Cinema Obscure and you do one every day if, if you could get away with it. <laughs> if because I could. You, you have so much in you and there's a lot more to come. And I'm looking forward to uh, uh, sharing a mic with you again in the future and uh, hearing uh, the kind of fun uh, stuff you're going to be coming up with. I just want to say thank you, Steve, because you've given me this this benchmark and standard working with you, not only just you know hearing you, Every day here at KYW, but your professionalism and your calm and this dude is one of the coolest people I've ever met. Just just so you all know. I want you all to know that. Well, that's very kind of you to say, Andre, and here's to the future with more. Cinema Obscura. 
Thank you, Andre. That was very kind of you to say. And I'm Steve Nicasey, along with Andre Bennett. Cine Obscura is recorded and produced in the KYW studios in Philadelphia. For more shows, check out the Radio.com app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for listening. They can fire me for fighting on a bus. Okay, we'll fight outside.